0: Welcome to the Amazing Relationships Podcast with Kim Wilson, a space designed to help you create amazing relationships with yourself and others. Get ready to experience hope, love, and inspiration. Here's your host, Kim Wilson. Greetings. I'm Kim Wilson, your relationship expert. Thank you for joining me. Today, we're talking about how to power up your relationships. This information will work for single or married people. You can apply this information to any type of relationship, really. So let's get started. You know, honey, I don't like to waste any time. Tool number one self exploration. There are a lot of movies and music that suggest people become complete by other people. Remember that line from Jerry Maguire? You complete me. (laughs) You know, that quote became very famous and people, when they made a decision to say something like that to somebody, they felt in love. They felt over love. They were just head over heels. I even had a 16 year old girl to tell me a couple of weeks ago that a boy completes her Because they finish each other's thoughts and sentences. And I'm thinking, she wasn't even born in 1996 when this movie came out. Somehow, this concept, this information, this misleading concept continues to get passed around. Because the moment you go into a relationship not feeling whole, and you have that misbelief that somebody has completed you they can't pl- complete you i think that is a very sh- shaky foundation to stand on because the truth of the matter is people cannot complete you that's just like depending on somebody for your happiness a person cannot provide all of your happiness. That is something that that is something that will not be consistent. People can give you a whole lot of happiness in the beginning of a relationship, at the beginning of a work relationship. But at some point, you're going to have to come in with your, with your own amount of happiness. You're going to have to contribute to that. And I suggest before going into any type of relationship, going in whole. So how does self-exploration, that's the tool. So how does the tool of self-exploration power up a relationship? Well, it gives you self-awareness and it helps minimize irrational beliefs. Thinking that somebody can complete you, that's an irrational belief. That's just... That's just not possible. But when we walk into any type of relationship, whether it's a work relationship or romantic relationship, when we walk in with this self-awareness of who we are, self-exploration is all about knowing who you are. I talk about that a lot on this podcast. You may hear me say the phrase, know thyself from Socrates, because knowing thyself is about knowing what you want, what you need, what you dislike, what gets you geared up what disappoints you and also just even understanding your what shaped and molded your personality so even when we think about the question What role did you have in your family growing up? What was your role during conflict or drama? That's important because a lot of times what we saw modeled in front of us as children, the relationships that we saw modeled is what we will carry out in our adult relationship. So an example of a role is if you were the problem solver. A problem solver is somebody who's always ready with a solution. There's the role of the victim. The victim is the person pulling compassion and sympathy from others. They're like always, when people are in victim mode, they're sometimes complaining. They have a tendency to focus on their problem and not their solution. This always happened to me. I can't ever get a break. You know, and they just, and and sometimes we can kind of phrase it in a way to say, the pity party, sitting inside of that pity party. There's the role of the rescuer. Now the rescuer will dive into situations where somebody else's safety. You have the role of comedian. They're ready with a joke for comic, comic relief. Instead of talking about problems sometimes, if they can just make everybody laugh and we can just move on to the next moment. So, um, there's the role of the mediator, serving as a bridge between others, just always trying to find peace, you know, like the peacemaker. You have the role of the confronter. The confronter likes to face reality and call it is as they see it. You know, and confronting somebody doesn't necessarily have to be in a, a mean way, but most confronters, they are very firm and they, they want to be very clear about what they're saying they want to mean what they say and say what they mean and they want you to do the same thing and there's the healer the healer kind of reminds me of the mediator and the peacemaker as well they are administering healing to the emotional wounds they want to care for you they want to be the person that rubs your back and say it's going to be okay you know they just really they want to make sure that you're well and then there's the secret keeper the person holding a confidence tight and safe. Now, I always like to focus on my secret keeper sometimes because people, everybody is busy dumping information, their feelings, their emotions on the secret keeper. And the secret keeper, they don't always know it or are aware of it. They're walking around with everybody's stuff and they're not releasing it. They're not telling it. So they do feel intense sometimes they do feel depressed because they are carrying somebody else's stuff because everybody they trust the secret keeper the secret keeper you know they listen well and they will keep your secret they have when you tell something to the secret keeper you have you have not ever heard anything you told the secret keeper come back which is why the the person keeps returning to the secret keeper So by identifying your role, you empower yourself to make changes, adjustments, or keep it the same. Like, what did you learn from playing any of those roles growing up? And do you see, do, do you see yourself duplicating those roles in your, in your adult relationship? You know, even as an adult, do you see yourself still being the victim? And how does that work for you? Is that working for you? Is that something that usually turn people off? Have somebody spoken to you about that? And if that has created a problem in any of your relationships, in your work relationships, you get to change it. So two, number one, self-exploration. Moving on to two, number two, Forgiveness. I talk about forgiveness all the time. And it is a part of a lot of my podcasts because it's one of the concepts that a lot of people in my personal, in my clinical experience as a counselor, that people have a hard time using. Forgiveness is a tool. Letting go of when someone has done you wrong can be difficult. You know, turning the other cheek and making the decision to move forward is giving yourself the freedom to live without pain, anger, sadness, and disappointment in your heart. It's, it's all about you being intentional about breaking any cycles because when we don't forgive, what happens is we, we sometimes go after revenge. And then once we, have initiated that button of revenge and the person say, well, you're not going to do that to me. And they come for you. And next thing you know, it's just this vicious cycle of somebody trying to hurt the other person and forgiveness ends all of that. It brings it to a halt because you're saying, I am not participating in that. I am not doing that. Another way of looking at it is through this quote I heard before. And the quote is, the more unloving a person behaves, the greater is the need for love and healing. So, when we just think about that for a second, the more unloving a person behaves, the greater is their need for love and healing. So, just even that right there, that puts me in the position to forgive the person because now I'm looking at it from a different angle. If this person has done something to me that makes me feel angry, or they have said something that makes me feel angry or disappointed. That is an unloving act. And I already know there is a greater need for them to be loved. And whatever their action is, is a projection of what they're already feeling, of what's going on in their inner world, their inner thoughts. And I think to myself, wow, that must be difficult to sit in that type of emotional pain, though that lets me know that they probably have some emotional bruises, some relational bruises that they have not worked through. Otherwise, they would not try to bruise me in a nutshell Forgiveness grants you peace. Just think about that for a second. Forgiveness grants you peace. Peace is wonderful. Think about how how peace feels. Peace feels quiet. So that means that you don't have a lot of thoughts running inside of your, going through your head. You don't have a lot of feelings that, that are chaotic, that feel chaotic. Peace is just that. It's quiet. It's calm and it's very soothing. And that's what forgiveness gives you. It gives you that calm, that serenity, and that soothness. Moving on to tool number three. I like this one, commitment. Commitment is a tool that you get to use. When your relationship Remember, whether it's a work relationship or a romantic relationship, your marriage, when you have bumped into a roadblock or a challenge and you forgive somebody and you want to make it better, commitment is one of the tools that you get to use. Commit to doing better and being better. Sometimes an apology and saying, I'm sorry, is not enough when the behavior repeats itself. So making a commitment to do better, to be better, to show up, to be persistent, to take responsibility of what you have done wrong and make it right, to take ownership of that, to actually put some actions down on the table to show that, hey, I am making an effort. I want you to see my effort. That effort can look like, hey, here's a card today. Here's a letter. You know what? I'm going to take your card to the car wash or I've cooked a nice meal. You know what? I have I I purchased you a book today or I bought you some bubble bath and you're just being persistent in your actions because you are committed to doing better. You are committed to doing right. So even if we think about the workspace and somebody has spoken to you about about a particular behavior or something that has not been completed and your commitment to showing up every day on time, your commitment to going the extra mile, your commitment, even to your children, your commitment to helping them feel accepted, your commitment to being intentional about loving them. So tool is commitment is a tool that you get to use and it shows consistency. It shows discipline and honey, let me just tell you, discipline is sexy. It is a beautiful thing, especially when the consistency is of goodwill is from the heart and it is done with love. So commitment is a tool that you get to use to power up your relationship Uh, And just one other thing, when you, when you think about how people start out in relationships, even at work, we start out doing everything right, doing all the right things so we can impress somebody to be committed and intentional about doing all the right things to be committed to making a great impression and making sure that the relationship is well. And we have few relational bruises as possible. That's fantastic. Moving on to two four, know your love language. And this is a tool that you get to use every single day in any relationship, a business a work, a business or a romantic relationship. There is a book by an author named Gary Chapman, and he wrote the book, The Five Love Languages. And he identifies five different love languages that people have. His, the languages are quality time. Some people like to be loved just by spending quality time. Oh, you're coming to sit with me today or we're going out on a date or we're going to go to the movies together. Just spending time together because time is something that you can't buy off the shelf. And to give somebody your time, it speaks volumes to them. And some people, they, they do like to power up their relationship through quality time. And just knowing that about you helps you to explain that to the other person, especially in a marriage or a romantic relationship in a friendship. You get to say, you know, one of the things that really makes me feel good inside of a relationship is when someone spends quality time with me. The other one is words of affirmation. Just being intentional about, really giving somebody a compliment, saying thank you for a act that was completed, like washing the dishes, um, or even writing a letter or a poem, just telling somebody really nice things and using your words to heal. There's gifts. Some people, it's not about just going out and buying any gift. A person who loves receives love through gifting is the fact of, wow, you chose a purple sweater for me because you knew that I love the color purple and just, and you even the brand. So it's more than just taking your money and buying a gift. It's that intentionality behind it. The thought that you put into buying a gift because you paid attention to what the person liked, what they loved or even what they smell like just paying attention to whether or not a guy likes scented oils instead of a cologne just paying attention to that and there's acts of service. some people they like it it really it really moves them when somebody takes the time to make up the bed vacuum the floor, help out around the house or say, Hey, you know what? I have some extra time. I pick up the dry cleaning today. You know, it's an act of service or to even to volunteer together. You know, that means a lot to some people just doing those little things. And the other love language is physical touch. Some people, it makes a huge difference in their world just to have somebody to rub their back, give them the hug, give them a hug, kiss them on the cheek. But you understanding what your love language is and if you're in a relationship, understanding what your partner's love language is, is a really great way to power up your relationship. And you can go to the website, fivelovelanguages.com and take a free test to see what your love language is. So that is your tool. Just even connecting to that website, taking that quick test to figure out what your love language is. I have given you four tools to power up your relationship. Just a quick recap to number one, self-exploration. That's all about knowing who you are and what you want, where you come from. Tool two, forgiveness. Tool three, commitment. And tool four, know your love language. That's my time. Thank you so much for listening. Listen, you could have been anywhere in this world in this moment, but you chose to listen to me, and I am forever grateful for that. Don't forget to subscribe to my podcast. I'm now in iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Music. If anybody has not told you today, let me be the first. You are amazing. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Onward. Thank you for listening to the Amazing Relationships Podcast with Kim Wilson. Want more? Visit kwspeaks.com. That's kwspeaks.com for the latest inspirational blogs.